How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the HBO Boys podcast, uh, our Raised by Wolves series. Today we're talking about episodes 7, 8, and 9. 7 and 8 directed by Alex Cavassi, and episode 9 directed by James Hawes. I'm also a James, and with me is Orion. My name, Orion? Like the, I'm a constellation no, at a this point? Orion, as in you're a, 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 a countable noun. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I need a thesaurus for what you just did. I'm, I'm lost in the weeds on that. We were talking about this before the recording started, and uh, you know, raised by wolves, it's back on its bullshit, basically. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it subtlety is what raised by wolves does well. Okay, they are not looking to hit you over the head with a Jesus allegory that is somehow played off as a twist. Okay, they're not trying to do any heavy-handed shit like that. It is it is subtlety to the brim. That phrase doesn't make sense. A lot like episodes 7 and 8. I, at the end of episode 8, my eyes were so far in the back of my brain, I had to, like, pull the lever, like, my, get a jackpot in my own brain to get them back. And then episode 9 did pull them back for me a bit. I, like, wrote an entire rant that I will do f- for y'all because b- because I wrote I wrote it. You know, He's gonna you, once you write something. Yeah. I, once you write something, you can't just, like, even if you don't feel it anymore, you just got to do it, right? The effort already went in. It's, it, it's uh, uh, sweat equity occurred. So, like, and then, but episode nine did pull it back a little bit, but it's a penultimate episode. The fuck is it supposed to do? So I really like to give whatever I'm watching my full attention, and and I I always can kind of tell like if I'm bored because like my hand will like unconsciously reach for my phone, and I gotta slap it away. No, I'm watching something. <laughs> <laughs> like your like your hand is a subconscious part of your body that could be a medical issue that you might have to get checked out. But I'll tell you, I just finished watching Lovecraft episode eight. We are watching both of these shows at the same time. It's hard not to compare them. And as I've said a goddamn billion times on each one of these different podcasts, Lovecraft has terrible consistency issues, but just lay lay down a pretty banger episode that I just watched, and I felt on the edge of my seat for a lot of it. For episodes seven and eight, I almost fell asleep during episode eight. It was so goddamn boring. Episode 9 was not that way. But again, as a penultimate episode, they got to start raising the stakes. Especially when, initially, you assume that they thought Raised by Wolves was a miniseries. And was not going to get a season. They got a season 2 so early. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they thought it was a miniseries? And then they were like, Ridley, can you do it again? I honestly don't know. I wonder if, like, Aaron Guzikowski went to, to Ridley Scott and he's like, I have an idea for a movie. And Ridley Scott's like, I've just been offered a ton of money to do an HBO Max original series. Yeah. Can you turn that two hours into ten hours? Here's a lot of money to do so. <laughs> well, now you're speaking my language. Are you cool with hours three through eight meaning fucking nothing? Before we get into it, we're going to talk about each episode briefly and give a review. But before we do, just a reminder, we have a Patreon where you can listen to a lot of... 
Did you like my... That that was my horn noise. I was excited for the Patreon (laughs) announcement. Did you not get that or... I was I, I, coming through Discord. It, it honestly sounded like a little old lady going hello. <laughs> Wait, can you do the Patreon ad as a little old lady? I'd really enjoy it, just for just me. Just a reminder, Sonny, that we have a Patreon where you can listen to bonus content, two episodes a month, as well as a backlog of bonus content, and a Discord chat where you can talk live with Ryan and I. And Ryan will read out your names at the end of the show, which is just precious. <laughs> it sounded like you said bones content. We it just we have. If you give us a dollar a month at Patreon.com, yeah, we're also HBO recapping Boys. and reviewing the Fox show Bones. Oh. Oh, that's not even what I was talking. To be fair, we do podcasts about television and movies. So to be doing a podcast about a television show, one named Bones, in fact, would make sense. I thought you were just like saying we did a discussionary show about... Is discussionary a word? I'm going to move on. A show about just like uh, people's bones. Now that's a show. That's an idea right there. Yeah, I like getting. I like the idea of getting just completely off the rails with the Patreon. Air. Me too. Patreon. I, I, I used to. I used boys, to make a joke. Boys of the that, like, if, <laughs> if, if you if you support the show at the thousand dollar level, you can move in with Ryan, and that still that no. still applies. You can't do that. That's not allowed. You, you could pay rent, and it's gonna be. You have to pay. You have to be the patron who pays a thousand and also pay rent. Okay, I I, I got mouths to feed. Mine specifically. So at the end of episode six, Mother gets, like, taken out, and now the Mithraic are in charge of the colony, and that's kind of what all about episode seven's about. Everyone's adjusting to their new lives with the Mithraic in control, and Mother and Campion both get locked up, which is kind of fucked up. Um, You can kind of tell, like, Hunter's like, I immediately regret this decision. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, I fucked up. That silo thing. Father, could you come back? And Father's like, no, nah, man, I'm different. This is your fault. Which, by the way, there will not be a Raised by Wolves world I live in until Father comes back. Like, I thought while watching 7 and 8, like, if he's not back by the end of episode 8, I riot. Yeah, they well, they, they, they fixed up Father, but they wiped his mind. So now he's just like a, a boring, regular old android. It's kind of like when they took bender's personality out i am bender please insert girder (laughs) yeah also by the way marcus is going insane sue is standing by the side of him being like hey man is god talking to you still and he's like every now and again also he looks at the scalpel a lot and then back at sue so that murder is pretty on the nose at this point if sue makes it out of this season i'll be surprised I really did not like this heel turn from Marcus at all. Uh, it happened so suddenly. Like, yeah, he was acting, you know, kind of desperate in, in the previous episodes, but not crazy. Uh, and and uh, I just feel like him and Mother are, are taking turns. Like, okay, this episode you'll be sympathetic and I'll be crazy. The next episode I'll be sympathetic and you'll be crazy. And you prefer when Mother's the crazy one? I, I just, like, who's... This show has no antagonist, or or the antagonist jumps around episode to episode. I mean, perhaps the hooded tally is the antagonist. Which, by the way, when Campion is locked up in his cone, the he gets 
visited by hooded five to six foot tall uh tiny child's tally with tally's face but in a hood and it was behind him it was on a on a rope climbing downwards which was odd and i was thinking at the time about your like ghost in the shell theory after these three episodes what's your vibe on said theory it's something in episode nine where like who is it is it one of those gosh dang peoples gets pulled into a sim version or a alternate you like world version where there are a fucking lot of them i don't know what was your vibe well, I, I feel awkward now predicting anything because episode 10 is already out, but we haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens then. I had this idea of, like, the Campion Sturgis is the three-eyed raven who's, like, you know, fucking with Marcus and the other Mithraics and making people see ghosts. And it seems like that is now less likely because it seems like Soul might be some kind of, like, ancient aliens theory. They seem to be hinting at that a bit. I don't know. So... Also, by the way, in the middle of all of this is like a weird Campion and Paul friendship storyline where Paul is like getting abused by Campion mentally and physically over and over again because Campion is jealous. But once he gets locked up in his cone, Paul feels bad about it because it was basically his fault. The Campion's mom and, and dad died in some way. And then they pull out Campion and they're going to baptize him. And it was in this moment where the music started. It was a really nice wide shot. Like, I had this realization that Marcus's story at this point, because this is before he started going extra wacko, mother's story, father's story, Paul's, Hunter's even at this moment, Tempest, Vita, they all make me feel something remotely positive when they're on screen. Campion makes me feel bad. I don't like that kid. He's new Carl. Carl from The Walking Dead. He sucked. So does Campion. The story is mostly bad, the whole show. And then Campion saw that the temple that the Mithraic built, they used the headstones of his Mm -hmm. lost sisters and brothers. And then he looked at like a sharp object on the ground. And I was like, oh, man, if he stabs somebody... Right now, like if he stabs a person in the goddamn neck, that could hopefully bring him back. That could, I could, I would feel positive about him. But then he doesn't, and he bitches out, and he runs, and he stabs father, and this show sucks. Yeah, they're trying to convert him, and you know, the best way to win someone over is be like, yeah, join our religion. Uh, one of our core tenets is that your your dearly beloved uh, deceased family members aren't really people. <laughs> the past doesn't matter, only the future. Also, by the way, you're going to get one of these really cool white robes, so that's a plus. So Marcus is, like, throughout the episode having, like, a a, a tete-a-tete with Mother, and, like, you know, she's getting inside his head or whatever. These scenes were kind of goofy, and he isn't able to reprogram her, so he decides he's going to throw her in a pit, which we don't even know what that would do. Throwing things in pits seems to have strange consequences. The mouse fell in a goddamn pit, but it's back. Despite all my rage, I'm still just a mouse in a cage, just like this one is. Like we, again, w- w- the pits are some hooded figure bullshit that we're not 100% on. He has Father drag her out to a pit, and like Tempest is, is tailing them because she, she's fully committed to like the, the mother side of this conflict now. 
and because uh, the Mithraic are terrible to her. And he takes her out to the pit, and he he tells pa- father to throw her in. But now we kind of find out that like father's totally wiped, except he's like still got control of one finger. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's father's, doing like, more code. Finger. And you know but what? The, fing- the finger grabs the rope that she's tied to, so she doesn't fall in. Right, saving mother, and uh, which is good because she's like the main part of the show. She can't be falling in a pit. Also, Tempest following them, I I was actually fine with that part. Like, mm-hmm. whose side are you going to choose? The rape apologists or the robots, right? I choose robots all day. Marcus is going to, like, you know, finish the job, but then he gets a vision of Caleb, the person he used to be, and they have some perfectly symmetrical fight scene. Yeah, that, that was, he- I kind of liked it. It was he interesting, loses, though. He loses to himself, even though they're moving the same way. Well, that was a metaphor, James. Okay, <laughs> you just don't get good storytelling if you don't get that. And all the whole time, he's getting the voice in his head, like "Let her live, let her live." Um, and then she gets away, and it's like as soon as she gets away, it's like soul or whatever god in Marcus's head is like, "Okay, I'm done with you. I got all that I wanted out of this." Yeah, and I. If the case ends up being that, you know, soul is real, and in this world just the conceit of the show is gods are real, he's doing whatever the goddamn he he and or she, God can be a woman, feels like, or God can be non-gender biased, and he just goes from person to person deciding what they need to do to help the Almighty and then moves on then that would actually, I think, be a good twist at this point. I don't think it's going to be, obviously. I think some version of your Ghost in the Shell thing is going to be true. I hope. So episode eight, not only was episode eight, like, really boring, but one of, like, the big themes in it was, like, domestic abuse, and so I also, like, felt bad watching it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, like... The entire time, Marcus is just, like, assaulting and, and and berating Paul and Sue and going more crazy and religious. And and it starts out, it begins with, like, this horrible dream sequence of him cutting his face off until he's got, like, you know, the oh, skeleton, scene. bleeding skeleton face from the poltergeist in the mirror. Yeah, I was not a fan of said scene. And, and yeah, all the stuff happening in the colony is horrible and dark and, and you know, uh... It's just underlining what happened in episode seven. Marcus is a crazy bad man now, and he locks up. Um, he eventually he locks up Sue because she's like trying to protect Paul from his crazy influence. So he locks her up in the other silo. I thought he was going to throw her in with Campion, which I don't know. Maybe could have made for some character moment there, but they they get locked up alone, and. Uh, the now sort of the Mithraic kids are starting to conspire. Like, hey, we really fucked up, uh, you know, getting rid of mother and father. How do we rectify the situation? Yeah, I'd choose the robots over this goddamn lunatic any day of the week. Oh, and then all this wacky business is put on one side of the scale that is tipped over pretty far. And you're like, I just don't know about any of this. And then the show is just like, oh, don't you worry. Mother is pregnant. How do you feel about that shit? Yeah, the other plot line is, you know, mother mother goes to 
find part of the Mithraic ship, and she finds this Dr. Robot who I quite like. Oh, I love that goddamn Dr. Robot. Carl. His name is Carl, and he's the best character in the show. Well, he was the only he, thing I really um, liked he, about episode 8. Very C-3PO. Uh, and he, he begins with, like, I'm a doctor, not a blood bag, so coming in hard with a Star Trek reference was, like, the first thing he says. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, he... So she's got this tumor, but it's not a tumor, it's the fetus, it's the baby she conceived in the Matrix with Campion Sturgis. Very confusing. I was not interested in this plot line at all. Um, I mean, she's Robot Mary, and that tumor is Robot Jesus, James. Very straightforward. And there's this prophecy, and the prophecy's bullshit. It's like an orphan boy is going to lead us to Utopia on, on a new planet or whatever. And and it, it it's bullshit in canon because Campion's not an orphan. He has a family. And the same is true for Paul. Paul's not an orphan either. He has an adopted family. To be fair, Marcus um, is pretty sure that the through his delusions of grandeur, the prophecy is about him. So Right. But I, you know, I, Hunter is probably the best candidate out of anybody. Since, you know, Marcus is a grown-ass man and Hunter's, like, still a teenager. Listen, Hunter is slightly redeeming himself, which I didn't think possible. Oh, and then, by the way, James, uh, not only is Mother having a robot tumor baby, not only is she completely embodying the Jesus allegory, not only is she having a Ghost in the Shell's offspring she's a vampire robot what the fuck is that yeah so first she's she finds one of the monsters and she drains its blood to feed her her baby and then she runs into ortho the rapist still alive inexplicably this guy just is like always fucking rolling 20s when it comes to surviving (laughs) shit. he is a survivor he's not gonna give up and then she attaches herself to him not unlike uh Mad Max Fury Road. She's not completely walking. Sort of a hundred percent like it. And 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 she runs into Tempest as well, but she's like freaking out. She's like, get away, Tempest, or I might drink your blood. Very strange. Yeah, she white fangs Tempest, but in like a vampire y way. And so now so that's like one party. Mother and Tempest and Ortho and and Ortho's jail robot is like in his backpack and they're going somewhere. And then on the other side, uh, Paul is, like, making plans to save his mom and save Campion and escape with Holly and Vita. They're also going to get away uh, in the the lander. But actually, I don't know, Marcus removed a part or something, so they can't, and so they run away on foot. And, and you know, that's more or less episode eight. It's very, very drab, very depressing uh, and boring episode. The worst episode of the series, Probably. by far. Yeah, it was just, it was mind numbing. I didn't. It was want to be nothing, watching the okay. show. Scenes, scenes where nothing happened, juxtaposed with scenes of like a man abusing his wife and kid, like, like again and, and again and again. And then you know, it's just like, okay, but but robot vampire, does that make it better? And you're like, no. No, it does not. You know, I've never been in the middle of a show that we were doing, even during Westworld Season 3, even during that travesty of a season, 
that by the way, I know I may say it a bunch. It had good points, but also it had terrible, 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 terrible moments that were spread out throughout the season. Even through that, I never thought I don't want to be watching this show anymore. At the end of episode eight of Raised by Wolves, that's exactly what I felt. I was like, I'm kind of just done. I don't care how it ends. This show sucks. I don't think it sucks, and I I haven't reached that point. I'm always, I'm like, oh, where's this going to go? And then it doesn't go anywhere that interesting. Um, I I, honestly, I think this should have been like a three-hour movie, probably. And maybe that is how I'd be interested to know. I know. How how the production side of this went, um, but I, I hope that they, if you know, they are doing a season two, they cut a lot of this bloat out, and they come because it seems to me like they're making this shit up uh, on the fly, and it's like each episode is written in a vacuum uh, by whoever watched the last episode with no thought of what's going to happen in the next episode, and the next writer comes in to do the same thing. Right, this entire TV series is written with tin cans across a gorge. Right. It's a game of telephone. Yeah, I. So again, I, I say I just said this sucks, but that was again before episode nine. This is what I wrote before episode nine started. Okay, for full context, I wrote this after episode eight stopped, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This show is the suck," and I wrote this out. This is what I said. Okay. I feel like I have to caveat this every time. I say that I'm not sure how much this caveat is even worth anymore, but Raised by Wolf kind of sucks. That first sentence is a pretty much a gimme. I've already said that. If I saw, But if I saw this show 10 years ago, it would have been the greatest things my eyes have ever laid, eyes, uh, laid themselves upon. It would have had the best music on television. It would have had the best visuals on television. It would have actually blown my goddamn mind. But we're living in a post-first half of Game of Thrones world where we're living, you know, and we're also living in a post-Leftovers world. We're living in a post-The Wire world, Lost, The Office, so many genre-defining and television-defining shows that... We have witnessed in the last decade near-perfect stories told on a near-perfect medium. And even when we are presented with an incredibly polished turd, as Raised by Wolves is, where we now exert a pressure upon it that has never been on any entertainment ever. So we just create these, like, turds that we (laughs) have all this pressure on, turn them into diamonds. And that's what this Raised by Wolves is. It's a diamond turd. And then that's where I stopped, and I wanted to take a nap. And then I watched episode nine. And let's talk about episode nine. Right. Well, I mean, to, to, to respond to what you wrote there. Uh, sure. I think if, if, if Lost were coming out now, and we were watching, you know, what, seasons three through five of Lost in real time, we would be like, what is this show is fucking stupid. Well, that's why I said we're living in a post-first half of Game of Thrones world. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm living in reality where I know Lost is not perfect. The Wire is no near near perfect. Holy shit. The beginning of The Wire is so goddamn boring. The end of Game of Thrones is generally doesn't live up to what most of the audience wanted it to be. The Leftovers, in my opinion, is a near perfect show. The end of The Office is actually terrible until the finale. No, no show has ever 100% stuck the landing. People who really love The Sopranos say it did, but you know you have to truly like be a fucking ride or die 
for that show. I'm just saying, like, they haven't stuck the landing, but holy shit, are they better than Raised by Wolves that, like, my eyes were cannot be at half-mast during an entire episode of one of the a TV show on yeah. HBO Max. Yeah, episode 9, as Ryan said, much better than the ones that came before it. We get a lot of the characters coming back together at this point, like Mother and Tempest and Ortho run into uh sue and campion and paul and holly and vita so like now the characters that we like are together and the characters that we don't like are on another side of the story together right so that That does make it better yeah for sure it makes it much better also tempest is going through this incredibly emotional distressful moment where her rapist is right next to her and you're like fuck that fucking guy i do not like him and tempest deserves better than this so I'm like, I was like, oh, wow, that was a real emotional reaction. That's nuts. When they run into Sue, I, again, like, I wonder if if Aaron Guzikowski, when he was writing this script, had read Episodes 8 script, because he has Sue make the I'm not a doctor. I, I'm a doctor, not a mechanic line, which the robot had made earlier. Uh, so they, we got that reference two episodes in a row. Listen, it's not that the characters are the same. And it's not that the writing staff didn't have a editor that looked at multiple scripts at once, or perhaps all at the same time. It's that he it's thought like, that should, line should we have so good. Two Star Trek bones jokes in the same same two episodes. Uh, whatever. Absolutely, we should. And then also, Hunter fixes father, and then the show's like good again, basically. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, the two shows where father was kind of dead were bad and then they brought father back the best character on the show and i was like he tells a joke and i was like he's back baby (laughs) and i'm back too and then weirdly uh there's other part holly finds a tooth like one of uh, uh like a relic from from earth and it was romulus and remus's wolf tooth do you think that will have anything to do with anything well it's certainly not Romulus wasn't a real guy. <laughs> the mythic founding of, of Rome did not really go down that way. And so it's probably just some random person's tooth. It's kind of like how in like medieval times, every every shitty church in the middle of nowhere would be like, and here is our authentic piece of, of Jesus's cross that we somehow have, even though we're a poor ass church with, in a village of 30 people. And then the cards... There were like weird little artifacts throughout this episode that was like, okay, here's a tooth. Does that matter? Here are these civil, silver cards. Do those matter? That was the weirdest part of this episode. And let's just address this before you know, we, we go on with the plot. They find some silver cards with like the dictates of Mithras, Myth, Mithraism or whatever on them. The fuck, whatever. And, and, and earlier, Carl, the Dr. Robot, had been like, yeah, the Mithraic, even though they're stupid, they were able to build this high-tech ship because it was passed down to them through the Gospel of Mithra. So that makes me think, like, okay, this is some kind of Halo Forerunner Covenant shit. The Mithraic stumbled upon alien tech, which even though they, they couldn't replicate it or understand it that well, they were able to put it to use to make robots and spaceships and, you know, future weapons and stuff. And and so soul isn't real. It's some ancient alien shit. And then mother has this vision of a bunch of like hooded people worshiping like a lizard-headed alien trapped yeah, in a box. Yeah, what the fuck was Very that confusing. thing? Yeah. What the fuck was that thing? Very disconcerting. 
did not like. But more interesting than most of the season, to be fair. Right. It's some J.J. Abrams mystery box shit. I doubt it really is. He was the lizard thing was literally in a box, like very on the nose. So meanwhile, while that's happening, Marcus is like, "Okay, so what's the worst thing I could do? All right, everybody into the lander. Let's go back to that black block, which you know, you know, killed the story dead. Let's go back there <laughs> and, and see what see what's yeah, up." Yeah, but that. now it has an anus, James. The block has an anus now that you can put your arm in and see if it gets burned off. So it's much cooler now. And uh, yeah, so they go back to the black block to get a message from Soul, and nothing happens. Like Ryan said, there's like an aperture which you can stick shit into and it lights it on fire. And at one point Call he accuses Hunter James. of being a traitor. And Hunter is a traitor, so very precious of him. And he puts Hunter's arm in for like a trial by fire, but Hunter passes. He doesn't get burned. It's a trial by anus. And then in the middle of the night, Hunter and Father take off and leave them there. And you're like, yes, leave them yeah. the shitty part of the story and go. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Take the two characters that were in the shitty part of the story, extract them out, and, and put them in the part of the story that I like and that I enjoy. Leave those dick bags in the desert. I hope they all die. So to wrap up what's going on with like the Mithraics, they're at the big black rock nothing's happening they're not getting any kind of signs the other soldiers are like finally starting to think for themselves they're like this is kind of bullshit isn't it and so marcus cuts their throat right and then they uh, leave the anus box and they walk through the desert some more and then lucius is like wait 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 i'm fucking over this it's actual bullshit you forgave my father a real mithraic eminent sari whatever you think you are would never have done that, and Lucius kicks the shit out of Marcus, and then they leave him there to die. And what did he do to Marcus? He like took a pill out of a thing and put it in Marcus' yeah. ear. Is this the same thing the droid did in the previous episode? Why don't you just shoot him? <laughs> right. I don't know exactly. Like you said, like Marcus at the end, like the last thing we see at the end of episode nine with Marcus is that he's like bleeding pink blood, like he's a weird robot out of his mouth, which. Who knows if that will have any effect in the future. They got a second season. I very much don't assume Marcus is about to die. Unless Marcus is the Ned in season one. Uh, a la Game of Thrones. So, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. Who cares? Let's go to the story I like. That night, uh, like, while everybody's sleeping, Mother, like, goes into the Matrix and talks to Campion. He's like, yeah, actually, this was the, the real mission was for you to give birth to to a new form of humanity. Okay. And, and and the other kids were just practice kids. It's like, what? <laughs> okay. I <laughs> fucking hope that's not true. Practice? Like, yeah, episodes three through six were fucking useless. They were practice episodes. This one's the real episode. Uh and and it's very strange. Earlier when like they ran into mother, he was like, Do you want to say hi to the baby? And then when Campion said hello. Uh, mother like doubled over in pain so i'm like wondering well is campion like a clone of the original campion is that why mm. he's named campion like what's going on is any of this i just thought the baby answer? had like like radar for bad characters hmm. okay mm. that's a joke mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was not, i'm like okay so maybe campion's evil is that what ryan's getting at now um, no i think no that he sucks 
and I, and maybe a lot of this is addressed in episode 10 which again we haven't seen so uh don't don't definitely don't dm ryan spoilers on twitter that wouldn't be hilarious at all you can do that i truly don't care <laughs> so that night when they're sleeping mother's like you know trying to take care of the baby or whatever and this was the stupidest part in a while so she's like draining blood from ortho but at Stupid. some point for some reason like it starts going the other way and then mother's blood goes to ortho which gives him super strength okay james the ability to be shot several times how dare you going. how dare you james this was yeah. the reviving moment for me okay? okay yes sure it doesn't make sense that the blood reversed from mother's tumor baby tumor vampire robot baby to fucking the rapist who i will now refer to as rape bane because he's basically bane (laughs) but with a rape helmet on he's rape bane i don't know know what his end game is here but like he grabs it is to re-rape tempest like a fucking asshole assault her again and and yeah it's like obviously you're not gonna get away with this like what is going on with this is such a bizarre scene um but he drags Tempest out, but but then Holly becomes brave as f, and like right. fuck she, yeah, she Holly distracts him. She's like, look at this tooth, and he's like, what? And while he's doing that, uh, Tempest is actually able to uh, execute her own kind of like rescue and defeat Ortho, which I thought was a nice touch. Yes, you know? she grabs the prison robot's head out of Rape Bane's backpack, runs away, and throws it down a cliff. And then Rape Bane's rape helmet, uh, you know, squishes his head, and Bane is dead. Right. That and rhymed. I'm, so, I'm like, thank God this character's finally dead. I'm done with him. <laughs> yes, but like, it was actually satisfying. She yes. got to kill her rapist in a insane way. Right. As Whereas, he was trying like, yeah, to mo- most reassault stories, her. Like, she, she would be powerless, and, and, you know, some other man would come and save her. Uh that, I thought that was a no. good touch that she was able to orchestrate her own uh, rescue and defeat her antagonist, and and that's when you know just in time to miss the action, Father and Hunter show up, and they're all reunited. There's a touching moment where Campion like you know meets with Father again, and that was nice. The Campion is knocked out, I believe, though from the previous yeah. fight. Which is a bummer. I wish he was just more like uh, like knocked out permanently, but he's not. He's just unconscious. And we got Father back to the main storyline. If we lose him again, I riot again. And Sue and Mother have just like a great conversation because Mother thinks that her baby is dead. It's no longer moving. Sue lets Mother know that she can't have kids either had a bad miscarriage and she says a line that i really enjoyed which was when people can't believe their luck they have to make up a god to thank for it which is a good goddamn line good job writers you did one thing right and that's more or less where we leave off with episode nine and and hunter and father go out into the woods though they're in peril somewhere out there and and uh Again, and the baby yeah, better kicks. than the other two. Setting up a last episode. I don't know what's left for the last episode to do, especially like if Marcus is dead or incapacitated or whatever. Like, I don't. The other the other Mithraics are like pretty incompetent. I don't think they really stand any chance of tracking down the main characters at this point. No, 
But Marcus has to live, I would assume, through the this season. I, I, I suppose he doesn't have to live. But, I mean, I still want to know what's the deal with the hooded people. Did they send their technology to the human beings to get them to come to Kepler-22b purposely for some specific evil alien reason? What is up with the anus cube, if anything? Uh, and, you know, as long as our main characters stick around and maybe Campion falls in a hole, then, uh, you know... I think this season might be in ship shape. Yeah, and I gotta say, as much as, like, you know, I think the Marcus character has been used poorly, uh, Travis Fimmel did a really great job performance-wise, even if I don't think they really did justice to that character. Like, he was a pretty likable, relatable character for the first six episodes, and then episode seven, he just, like, completely goes insane and, and yeah. it's completely irredeemable. Um, I don't know, maybe it's worth checking out Vikings or whatever. We've talked about it in the past. Vikings was George R. R. Martin's favorite TV show. And at a right, time he would he blog he was, about it instead of write his own book. And when he said he was too busy to watch <laughs> the last seasons of Game of Thrones, but he was like live tweeting about Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, whenever he's on screen, he's doing a wonderful job. But still, Amanda Cowan is carrying this show. There was a moment yeah. where she was, like, shutting down and squirming. And if it wasn't CGI, give her every award in the world. Her weird squirms were so goddamn good. Her and Father. Father's the best character. Father, if he continues, it will be the tale of a subpar show with a amazing character. Father will enter like my top ten HBO characters of all time, and it and Raised by Wolves won't be in my top twenty shows. But who knows? Season or episode nine was a huge uptick from seven and eight. To be fair, when you are rising, ascending, perhaps from the sewer, all you can do is go onto land and then to perhaps the sky. So you know, I. I I can't see how they pull this off. How at the end of episode 10, I'm just like, holy shit, they did it. I don't. And perhaps, you know, the audience knows more than us on the timeline in which we are recording this. Episode 10 is already out. They could just be like sitting there and thinking to themselves, oh, no, you have no idea. It's going to get saga. And I'm like, okay, but, you know, you don't understand my powers of naysaying. Okay. Yeah, I I'm I am int- I'm pretty interested to see the finale in Wonder Work. I wonder if they have anything left now uh other than like to just set up whatever the conflict of season 2 is going to be. Um I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean I, I as, as much as I have problems with the show, I like that it's it's like a pretty original story. Um and and it's uh it, it's at least it's swinging for the fences right it's the same thing that i said about you know uh the last jedi which i truly hated like at least it is trying to do something you know strange and original i mean vampire robot rape bane dad joke telling father amazing character and by the way let's not forget pour one out for carl the bloodbag robot I think also, like, 
perhaps the second best character on the show so far. Rip Carl the Bloodbag Robot. I'm going to miss that son of a bitch. Yeah, Carl was great. Uh, Pour one out for a real one. (laughs) Yeah, all the droids. Ridley Scott's droids are really good. Um, uh, Ash from Alien, Bishop from Aliens, David from Prometheus, and now Mother and Father. This dude's really good at writing robots. I mean, yes. He is good at implementing worlds in which robots can both succeed and fail and... Most of the time, you're rooting for them. Uh, it's just that this show... I mean, we've said... How many times can you say this just should have just been a movie? Yeah. Should have been, you know, a, 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 like the next movie in like the Aliens series or whatever. Which I think Ridley Scott probably wants to do. But I think, I don't know, was Alien Covenant a flop? Is that why he can't make any more? It certainly wasn't that good of a movie. Let's go to Wikipedia and find out. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant's budget was 100 mil, and they made 240 million. So, you know, they doubled it, plus a bit. They obviously probably wanted to make half a billion dollars, as everyone does. But it's not a flop, I suppose. Okay, at 2019 CinemaCon... After acquiring 21st Century Fox, the Disney Corporation said that it will continue to create new stories in the Alien series. I hope they do, and I hope they do it with Ridley Scott. Uh, they're going to do another prequel. Ridley Scott is attached to direct. Okay, sick. All right, nice. But it's not going to continue the Prometheus narrative, probably for the best. Alien Covenant, uh, you know, we have a fan in the Patreon chat which saying that they liked it. I didn't like it. I liked Prometheus more. I remember when Prometheus came out, everyone fucking hated it. There's a point where, like, uh, a spaceship shaped like a wheel is, like, falling down on the characters and they're running straight away instead of splitting up and running, you know, the more logical way. And everyone's like, this is a shitty movie because that that 10 second scene happened. That was enough for them? Yeah, for most people. They were like, oh, uh, yeah, that thing happened. I wouldn't have shot it that way. Bad movie. Ridley Scott's future, according to IMDb, is... He's attached to a movie called The Last Duel. King Charles VI declares that Knight Jean de Carouge settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Stars Matt Damon, Adam Driver. The The screenplay is a return to form from the Goodwill Hunting writers Matt Damon and Ben Goddamn Affleck. With Ridley He's also Scott. making a Blade Runner TV show. Yeah, Blade Runner, Black Lotus, which I assume perhaps he'll be more introdu- like part of the writing process than he was for Raised by Wolves, which was really, again, Ridley Scott just going, hey, it was a lot like Rick and Morty, where Dan Harmon was like, Justin Roiland, Comedy Central, or no, Cartoon Network, <laughs> They're, uh, gave me a bunch of money. They want me to make a cartoon do you perhaps have one of those and by the way gladiator 2 you think that's ever gonna happen for real gladiator 2 electric boogaloo yeah that sounds like a terrible idea why i mean the first one won best picture 20 years ago yeah you're right everything left absolutely no room for a sequel all the principal characters either died or had their story arc completely sewn up Listen, I, I I don't think it's going to be dope. I'm just saying that's what was, is on the edge of happening, James. James is. Oh, man. 
I... Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry for a, a downer episode, guys. But these, this, I mean, Raised by Wolves, uh, kind of a letdown, especially because episode one again was like so fucking good. If yeah. Episode one were the first act of a movie. It would have been an amazing fucking movie, and then we just because I don't know HBO ordered ten episodes and they didn't have ten episodes worth of shit written. It's just a ton of wheel spinning. I, but uh, while the complaining, I still kind of like it. Right, I, I do like it more. Then Westworld season three, I like it more than Game of Thrones season eight. Now that those are high bars to clear, uh, mm. I hope season two will be better. I do like it more than Westworld season three. I don't like it more than Game of Thrones season eight. And also, I think someone will at the end of this season of television. Someone on the internet, just because the internet is this way, will edit. It into a movie and it will be a good movie but uh yeah i'd watch that yeah for sure uh you know and we have one more episode man you know we're low on it right now we're someone, justifiably someone did that with the hobbit right they they, they animated yes. it down the three movies into just what the content of the books that it's like way better than the three movies that got made yeah who was it it was a celebrity who did that uh pause for a Charlie Manson. Effect. Did you say Charlie Manson? <laughs> I mean, it could have been. I, I don't think it was. That would have been far-fetched. It was Topher Grace. Damn. Well, yeah, it's not like he's got, you know, he's got a lot of time on his hands, probably. You have no idea what Topher Grace is. <laughs> uh, goddamn. I assume he's emailing. Life is the... like now. The showrunners of Black Mirror being like, can I get another episode, please? I did like that episode. But I mean, he was in Venom and it just, what are you going to do there? He's in a, I'm not going to go over Topher Grace's future. That's not interesting at all. Right. I mean, we me. just got to end the show. This, These three episodes have given us so little to talk about. We're literally going around in circles just like the show. I was just on Topher Grace's IMDb. I think that uh, I think that speaks volumes. Tell, say the part where, so that I can say the part about the patrons where I rap battle them, dead. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Westworld Ryan. I'm at James Watches Men. You could leave us positive reviews on the relevant podcast apps. Again, thanks to the people who left the nice reviews on the Apple Podcast app. Those are really nice, and I enjoyed reading them. Um, and if you want to support the show financially, we keep all this stuff up on SoundCloud in perpetuity. That's thanks to the kind donations of our lovely patrons. Uh, so if you listen to anything in our back catalog, there's a lot of funny stuff in there. A lot of the movie reviews I quite like and will go back and listen to. That's hosted because of our patrons. You could become one. You'll get bonus content. Uh, and you can chat live with Ryan and I. And then Ryan will read your name out at the end of each episode. That's crazy. That's exactly what I'm about to do. Hardboiled Greg, Nicole, Day 11 Podcast, James, watch my dong. Yes, I'm watching my dong. It's a Vietnamese TV show. I like it a lot. <laughs> that might be your best your best ba- dong-based joke yet, James. Congratulations. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm up all night writing these, so. I mean, I'm glad you're taking it seriously. Cliff Wilding, hello underscore yo, atheism, unstoppable, Chris Wood, Brent Gann, Day 11, Westworld, Craig, Bacaman, John Jurz, Major Woody, and Kale Andreas. Thank you very much for the monies. 
On this Wednesday, we put up an unlocked relationship advice, a bonus episode that was on the Patreon only. But because we went mm. a bit dark due to the Korean holiday that was recently happening, we unlocked it. Go listen to that. A Hunter Hunter episode dropped this morning at 9 a.m. Episode 5 dropped. But if you were on the Patreon, you would be able to listen to 5 through 9 that's, That's right. what I I put those up faster, just like as I finish them and, on and the Patreon. There's going to be two bonus episodes for the month of October, which you can only get for a dollar. A dollar. This is so cheap. A dollar. Go see what you can buy for a dollar. Not a lot, but but two hours, approximately two hours of content. It's only a dollar. Wow, James, that is a great deal. I I'm I might do I get it for free because like I I'm a part of the creation of it and it's mm-hmm. just like a, on a, I can open it with like uh, like Windows media player because everyone still uses that on my computer but I still might pay for it that's how valuable that sounds and uh, we're gonna have a two part uh, Call of Cthulhu tabletop game thing which I have totally written and is ready to go. As soon as, uh, you know, my American counterparts are ready to go, we're going to pull the trigger on that. It's wedding season, James, okay? Wedding season is in June. A a pandemic happened, James, okay? (laughs) This is, we're all doing virtual weddings these days. Also, yes, I'm looking very much forward to that. And, you know, we're going to also be doing a Raised by Wolves episode 10, and we'll be doing Lovecraft Country episode 8, 9, and 10, when, and then that will be over, and we'll see at the end of it if that gets a second season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to, our main discussion at the end of Raised by Wolves 10 will be, hey, um, even though this show is definitely coming back, are we doing a podcast podcast about it again? Because, um, is it going to be running can, against like another HBO show that we're also doing a podcast about? Because that might play a factor. No, more so. It's just like my mental stability. Like I just don't know if I if they if they don't smash this shit, I don't know if I can get through another season. Just to like uh, you know, awake. What's really funny is that like originally Ryan and I were going to do Raised by Wolves week by week, and then I was going to do Lovecraft Country alone. And just like in that universe, how upset Ryan would have been with that arrangement. I would have been so goddamn mad. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I watched the first episode of Lovecraft and was like, oh, that's not how this is going to go. <laughs> this, the world is about to be different. And then we watched the first episode of Raised by Wolves and we're like, oh, my God, these birth, both deserve podcasts for every episode. And then we watched the second episode of Raised by Wolves and we were like, hmm, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. To be fair, though, at the time we watched the second episode of Lovecraft, we were like, maybe not here either. Like, it's, and then we watched episode three of Lovecraft, and we were like, okay, okay, back on this goddamn moving train. James, that could that could be a good place to stop right there. I don't think it is. (laughs) No, no, we have to end with a banger, James. A really good joke. Joke. End on a joke for the five people listening. Okay. What kind of drugs does a duck do? Quack? Quack. Very good. You got there. Nailed it. I'm going to stop I'm stopping the recording. Yeah, I'm stopping it. That's it. That's what we fucking did. That's what it is.